Hey guys, I'm Caroline. And I'm Natalie. And we're Easily Distracted, a weekly podcast where no topic is too off topic. In this episode, I'll be giving you the rundown on what you might have missed this week, and Natalie will be doing a deep dive on alien abductions. Let's dive in. I was going to do a ghost sound, but then I was like, no, it's aliens. Yeah, I don't know what kind of noises aliens make. It's the it's like Twilight Zone. Do 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 do. No, it's like you know? X Files. I don't know what the X Files sounds like. I think the same. <laughs> I think it's what you were doing. No, that's Twilight Zone. Oh. I don't think it's the same. Well. Well, welcome anyway. Welcome, people. Welcome to this episode. So, what you been up to this week? This week has been actually very eventful for me. Oh my. Starting off with this silly little goofy funny thing that I like to do, aka I call Natalie at every minor inconvenience that I have ever. And so in the latest of the inconveniences was I found a tick on me. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot already. <laughs> it literally happened last night. I know and I forgot. Well, I was like, what is she yeah. talking about? <laughs> it was really so spooky. I literally had that um, planned in my head because I thought it was a funny segue to talk into how I literally call you for every single thing ever. Yep. Also, I guess health PSA, it's tick season. so It's tick season, yeah. Go outside and do activities. Make sure to check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself with Lyme's disease. That's what I always say. Because I, so for people who don't know, I am an environmental specialist for my real job. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's crazy. (laughs) She like cares about the earth or something. But so, yes. (laughs) What do you mean do I care about the earth? Do you? But anyway, so I had to... I was doing my little walking around outside for whatever I do at work, and a tick must have just hopped on me and said, I'll take this ride. I'll take this sweet ride. It was, like, right above your butt, too. So it was like, "Mm." Yeah, it was right above my butt cheek. It was like, ooh, juicy butt. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so I called Natalie last night freaking out because I was like, I have a tick. Yeah, but we found out that Lyme's disease is only like a one in 100 chance, even if you're bitten by a tick, so. Yeah, that's still not like fun odds. It's more than I would like it to be, but it's not as common as I thought it was. Yeah. But anyway, so that was some crazy news for me because these things just happen to me all the time where I just call Natalie freaking out about something. And it's always like the worst timing. Like you're about to go on a trip and it was like, Right before you go on your trip that, of course, something happens. See, and this was when I called you about the mouse in my apartment. Oh, my god! That was right after I got back from a trip. Maybe we'll have to post the mouse picture. Oh, my God. We should post the mouse pic. (laughs) When Caroline, it's so funny. It's like a screenshot I took of when Caroline (laughs) FaceTimed me to tell me that she had a mouse in her apartment. And she's sobbing and I'm laughing hysterically. It's like my favorite picture. It's so funny. I feel like I was crying because I was just so stressed out and I was (laughs) so tired. I literally had just gotten back from being in Tampa for like five days and I was exhausted. Like it was literally the night that I got back. I was off the airplane for two hours and there was this fucking mouse loose in my apartment. Finn was playing with him. I didn't know what to do. Nobody was answering me. Like I was so stressed. 
Well, I answered eventually. <laughs> you did. You did. And you talked me through it because I – oh, my God. And I forgot about the other time I called you with the ramen when I spilled oh ramen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was so funny. That was when I found out that you can't – like, if you screen record a FaceTime, it doesn't capture the audio, which oh, caused me to have that. depression. Because that was so funny. <laughs> like, I wish that I had captured the audio on that one because I, you were you spilled ramen all over your couch. And you yep. were like, Natalie, how do I clean it up? And I was like, okay, here's, the, here's your steps. And you were like, what steps? And I was like, okay, first you pick up the chunks. Then you take a paper towel and you blot up the liquid. Then yep. you're going to put cleaning or no, I think I had you put. Oh, um, like some kind of powder or something. Yeah. On it. Baking soda on it. Yeah, yeah. To try to like absorb the liquid. And I was like, and then you can vacuum that up when it's all done. And then that'll be good enough for tonight. And then I was like, tomorrow you can uh, like actually hit it with like a cleaning spray or something. And you were like, what do I do? And I was like, pick up the chunks. And you were like, what? <laughs> I just, okay. I just want to preface for everyone too. This was after a day of a boozy brunch. Heavy I went to drinking. bottom I went to bottomless brunch. And I came home so excited to have these leftovers and then I spilled them all over my couch. It was like a big mess. <laughs> it was huge. Okay, so should we just do a reel of all of these things that happened to me? I'll just Maybe. post all the pictures <laughs> of the tick bite. The mouse in my apartment. The ramen, the ramen disaster. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and like Connor and I are, were about to go out to a nice dinner, and Caroline <laughs> just FaceTimes me while I was like in the car, and she's like, "What do I do about the ramen?" And then she's like trying to eat it, and I'm like, "Pick up the chunks." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Pick up the chunks." <laughs> this is just like your job as my older sister, though. It really is. This has been That's my job since day one. <laughs> <laughs> it really has been. But what have you been up to aside from helping me with every aspect of my life? So I've been saving this. I haven't told you this. <gasps> oh, yeah. Wait, you did have something to tell I me. I started a new TV show. Oh, okay. What is it? It's called... Well, now I got to look it up because I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> I think it's called Them. Them? I've never heard of that. I don't think... I don't know how new it is or if it's just new to me. Um, yeah, it's called Them. Oh, it's not new at all. It came out in oh. 2021. How did you find it? I was just browsing, trying to look for something good to watch. And I guess I'll preface this with, I am a huge horror junkie. I love horror and anything scary. And this is a horror TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's about um, a black family during, I think it's the 1950s who move to a like rich white snobby neighborhood and it's actually in Compton and it's kind of like a mixture of like supernatural mixed with just like them kind of being tortured but not actually well yeah like emotionally tortured by like their white neighbors who are trying to like get them out of the neighborhood because they're so like major major trigger warning like it's super super racist mm -hmm. like connor was having a really hard time over like watching over my shoulder while i was watching the show but the horror aspect of it is really good like the supernatural and stuff is like mm -hmm. top tier horror tv show 
And a lot of people in the reviews that I was reading about it said that it took them about halfway through the series to realize that it wasn't like a Jordan Peele TV show. Because it has... Even just by the name of it, it sounded like it to me. It sounded like it was a... And if you look up, like, the cover and stuff, like, the cinematography, the art style, it all very much reminds me of, like, Jordan Peele style. It looks like, yeah, it looks like Get Out or Us. Or, Mm -hmm. wait, not Us. What is it called? Us. Oh, Us? Okay. Yeah, it's, like, very cool cinematography and, like, they do this a lot in this show is one of my favorite, like, cinematography things where they put something in the foreground and, and background and have them both in focus. Have you ever, like, seen those kind of shots before? I don't know, but I hate... I, I don't know if I have seen that, but I hate when you're watching like a scary movie and there's something behind somebody that is like the scariest. Mm, this isn't, there is like some jump scare, but not like a lot. It's more oh, okay. just very unsettling and there mm. is like supernatural. Um, let me try to find an example. See, I don't really mind that because I don't like horror but I really enjoy thrillers and, like, suspense. You might like this. But I'm – yeah, I was going to say, if it's not, like, horror – because, I mean, I've If you can handle American- the other Jordan Peele – like, this isn't Jordan Peele. But if you can handle yeah. his stuff, it's very similar level. Okay. See, now I'm freaking myself out. I keep – well, Finn's freaking me out. I keep looking, oh, my God, behind me because he's just staring at the door right now. Oh, my gosh. Freaky. The ghost podcast is back. It is. I thought I heard someone scream too, but that also, I live on a very um, busy street. <laughs> no, I live on a very busy street and people, people be screaming all the time. People be yelling out there. Okay. Apparently the cinematography is called deep focus where the foreground, middle ground and background all can be in focus at the same time. And it's like very, very unsettling because it's just not how cinematography and your eyes usually work. So it's just like, I love it because it's just one of those things where it's like, when you notice it, it looks a little off, but you're like, why does it look off? I'm sending you a text with a picture of like what I'm talking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's like one of my, when I, anytime I see that, especially in like a horror movie, I like freak out a little bit inside because that's like one of my favorite kind of like shots. Oh my god, she's a film junkie. No. She's a cinematographer. Sure. (laughs) I'm sure anyone who, like, actually is a film buff is listening to me and they're like, oh my god, she's so dumb. She didn't know what that means. Or what that is. She has no idea what that is. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Just kidding. I don't think any of our listeners are probably cinematographers themselves. Meh. Probably not. You never know. You never know what people's random hobbies are. But... Yeah, that's like one of my one of my favorite things when it's used in like horror movies to do a really good job of like just creating very unsettling creating imagery. the creepiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I do like when cuz I feel like in a lot of movies it's so forced mm-hmm. in how they try to make the creepiness and how they try to make you feel but that kind of shot feels like it would make it very like naturally just creepy because it's Mm -hmm. just like something's off but you don't understand what yeah and that's why i love it so much but yeah this this tv show does a really good job of kind of like it it's like the 
racial real life side of things is very uncomfortable and very Mm -hmm. unsettling and then there's also like the paranormal aspect that is like very like spooky too so it's like you kind of have both working in all together that you're like oh the whole thing is like I don't know which is very unsettling makes you uncomfortable (laughs) yeah how far into it are you uh I think I've watched the first like four episodes I want to say there's only like eight or ten. Yeah, I just looked it up. I think there's eleven. Yeah, it's a mini series. Oh, so is that it? Is it done? Yeah. Does it wrap up at the? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So many shows now are mini series, which I kind of like because seeing a long series intimidates me. But also, then it's like, I want more sometimes. If I really mm-hmm. like a show, I want to watch more of it than just eight episodes. Yeah. Well, I feel like horror kind of is perfect as a miniseries because it's like, there. there's just not a good way to like draw a horror story out over that's like true. six yeah, seasons. That makes or sense. You kind of need like a good like wrapped up little story, but sometimes it's nice to get. I feel like horror TV shows are really hard to do. Yeah, I've watched very few that I really like. Yeah, American Horror Story was one that was really good for. It was okay. I the would first say, couple seasons. No, the first couple seasons were very good. Yeah, like are you not remembering um, the how the first one, the murder house, house, that one, the murder house, and Coven? So good. Coven was really good. I don't yeah. know. It just I because I watched, I watched up until what season was it? I gotta look it up. Yeah, there. I didn't realize how many seasons of American mm-hmm. Horror Story there's been. I watched up until the hotel. I watched like the first couple like episodes. Six. Uh, that's season five. I watched the first oh, couple five. episodes, and I was so excited for it because that season had Lady Gaga in it, mm-hmm. and it just like so the kind of horror that this is. I'm gonna like this is such a choppy sentence. <laughs> I feel like one of the beauties of horror is that it really strikes every individual differently and everybody like Mm -hmm. likes different things i personally love jump scares and i don't think that they're like cheap or you know like people don't like jump scares a lot i hate jump scares i think jump scares are so fun (laughs) why i just like them i like getting the quick like and then you know it's like fun especially when it's like just like like a good jump scare yeah i think i like the adrenaline rush like I, I hate gore. I hate like slashers. I hate the like bloody gutsy. Like I like horror that's a little more clever, a little more highbrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. See, I just I'm I'm really not a big scary movie person. Yeah. I don't like horror. I like thrillers, which I think are very different, and like suspenseful movies. Mm-hmm. But horror is just. I can't. I I just it sticks with me way too long. Yeah. Like I still so distinctly remember one of the movies that I watched when I was younger that was scary. It was at um do you remember when we were at Kathleen's house and we watched The Omen? Oh yeah, that scared you I for still, a long time. That has stuck with me still for so long. Oh my it, gosh. I saw it 5 years ago still. I think oh, about I it doing it. his little No, I see I think about it doing his little jig in his lair <laughs> and it scares the shit out what? of me. That part was so goofy. 
I know, but I just, I hate it. And I'm going to have nightmares tonight. Oh, no. I didn't mean to like make this such a horror heavy episode. (laughs) I know, it really is. You just commandeered the whole thing. I just started that show and it was so good. And it's such a change of pace for me talking about Lizzie McGuire. Like I have been for the last four episodes. So that is, that is so you though. You watch either Bluey or the scariest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Like, there's no in between. Meanwhile, I'm I've been begging Natalie and my mom <laughs> to watch this movie that is so good. It's Coda. It's the movie that won Best Picture, um, I think last year. So good. And they both just refuse to watch it. They're not watching it. I don't like crying. <laughs> it's not a sad cry. I it know. Is- PSA, everybody, watch it. It is literally so good. It's so heartwarming. It's so well done. It's so funny. It's about family and love, and it's just so good. I know I'm going to love it as soon as I watch it, but I just don't like crying. You're not – you might not even cry. I know. You just told me that you sobbed when watching it, and it has scared me off. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And then mom, she's not going to watch it until – Unless I make her watch it. probably watch it. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't watch any movies that we suggest. Yeah. Well, they just watch whatever dad watches. Yeah, it's true. All right. Anyway. Should we move on? Yeah. Let's move to, and that's what you missed this week. Okay, so I will be your newscaster this week. And I don't have that much news. But, um, so my first one is movie news. The trailer for the movie Killers of the Flower Moon came out on Thursday. So have you heard of that movie or no? No. Okay. So I hadn't heard of it either, but then I saw a TikTok about the trailer coming out. So I was like, oh, I'll watch the trailer. It looks so good. It's a Martin Scorsese movie. So it's very like – it's a drama and probably very violent, Mm. Um, but it looks really good. You're going to like it because of who's in it. But – Who? wait a second hold your horses okay okay. so it's about a couple that are in the middle of a murder investigation involving at least 20 deaths of the members in the osage tribe in oklahoma is this based off a real true story Mm -hmm. so it's about a couple in the middle of a murder investigation for at least 20 deaths of members in the osage tribe in oklahoma and it's a true story obviously the movie might be a little fictionalized, but um, I've heard that Martin Scorsese had a huge consultation with the actual um, Osage tribe Mm. and with members of, like, Native American members of it. So it's supposed to be very good, and it's at, like, three and a half hours. It's going to be a three and a half hour long movie. Yeah. But it has huge actors in it with Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and ya boy, Brandon Fraser. He's going to be in it. Yeah. So. (laughs) Well, now I have to see it. Yeah. But it's going to be super long. But it's supposed to be really good. It's about how these murders happened. And it was kind of the start of the FBI. Because they investigated. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened in like the early 1900s. Because the Osage tribe was at one point like some of the wealthiest people in the world because their reservation had huge deposits of oil on it oh wow and so basically it was about some people coming after them for it so very exciting it comes out october 6th of this year and it just got premiered at some film festival i think it's the canes one in france 
Yeah, but it was just premiered at a film festival, and I've heard great things about it so far. Cool. So very exciting for that. And now on to a little bit of TV news. I don't know if you remember, but the Powderpuff Girls series, do you remember how that was supposed to happen? Hold on. Isn't it Powerpuff Girls? Not powder. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is Powerpuff Girls. Why did I say? I think I used to always say Powderpuff Girls. <laughs> yeah, it's Powerpuff Girls, I think. I know. Yeah, I'm dumb. I wrote Powderpuff. It's power. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, do you remember how there was supposed to be a live action Powerpuff Girls yeah. series? Wasn't there like controversial casting it wasn't con- didn't people like not just not not controversial but like people just didn't like who they had announced no, in the casting people, or people the, announced no the, the costumes the costumes yes, were terrible hated the outfits yep so basically the live action powerpuff girl series oh really and yeah they canceled it Dang. um so it was set to be on cw and it was first announced in 2020 of august I said that backwards. August 2020. <laughs> and basically they had like a lot of delays and they re- they filmed the first episode and they basically just were like throw it out. Like they <laughs> just wanted to redo the whole thing. thing. And just a bunch of things happened. So basically they just scrapped it. So it's no longer with CW and there's still the opportunity for another network to pick it up. But it looks pretty unlikely. So mm-hmm. that's kind of sad because I like the Powerpuff Girls and I thought that would be It would have been a fun. cool – yeah, if they did it right, that would be a cool one to see live action. But also CW, they kind of are notorious right. for shitty shows. Yeah. Like yeah. Riverdale, I'm sorry. No. Not so good. No. Yeah. The first season of Riverdale wasn't bad. After that? Yeah, the first season wasn't too bad. I remember – actually, I remember watching the first season of Riverdale in a hotel because I had an internship in Richmond and I didn't, like, have my living space yet. So I was staying in a hotel for, like, a week. And I remember I was just watching Riverdale that whole really? week that I was staying in the hotel. Yeah, because I was just alone in this hotel. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to watch TV all day or all night when I get home from work. But yeah, so those are my two little media updates. And now I have a romance update. A history romance. Romance, yes. So an article published on May 18th has found evidence of the earliest recorded kiss on yeah, on clay tablets dating back to more than 4,500 years ago. Yeah, so it said the first documented evidence of kisses is often dating back to India in 1500 BC, but the article points to substantial corpus of overlooked evidence about the kiss in Mesopotamia and Egypt from at least 2500 BCE. Wow. So that's obviously that's not the first kiss ever, but that's the first time it's been like recorded there was, yeah, kiss. So it was discovered in tales of depicting gods and commoners kissing oh my goodness yeah so smooching news (laughs) news. and that's what you missed in smooching (laughs) okay so i actually have a little bit of news this week spoiler alert if you don't know me um i'm actually a disney adult so (laughs) 
There was was a major Disney news this week that dropped. So I wanted to cover that. Okay, so the huge Disney news is that Disney announced that the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser is closing permanently this September and the final voyage will be September 28th. So for those of you who don't know what the Galactic Cruiser, Star Cruiser is, It debuted about a year ago, and it's basically a full immersive Star Wars hotel, and it's a three-day, two-night immersive Star Wars adventure that's based off of the fictitious cruise ship where guests become part of a conflict between the Resistance and the First Order, and it included an excursion to Batu, themed meals, live entertainment, and it was supposed to be this, like, when it first got announced, it was, like, supposed to be this super cool, like, total immersion star wars experience and it sounded really awesome well first thing the prices were outrageous so for a two guest cabin it cost four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars for how for long it's three day two night three days for three guests it was five thousand two hundred and ninety nine dollars and for four guests it was six thousand dollars what So basically, no one could afford it. That is insane. Yeah. So right after it debuted, it was totally booked up for several months. But after that, basically, bookings plummeted. And some reports were saying that current operation has dropped down to where there's only enough guests to fill one dinner service every night, where they used to have, like, you had to, like, schedule your dinner time every night. And there were some reports that said the occupancy was down to as low as only 25% of capacity, which for Mm -hmm. Disney is insane because Disney's always booked all the time. Mm -hmm. And so if you can't tell from the huge price tag and the major fail, this was a Bob Chapek idea and failure. Classic. He just charges way too much. For people who aren't Disney people, (laughs) that's the CEO or former CEO. That was the last CEO. Who everyone calls Bob Paycheck because he sucks and he's basically the reason, not the reason Disney's so expensive, but he just like raises the prices for everything while lowering the quality. Yeah, he increased the prices for stuff. And I think the most notable thing was that fast passes weren't a thing anymore or mm -hmm. like Disney, whatever they used, I don't know, whatever they used to call it. It used to be fast passes and now it's lightning lanes, which are more annoying and you have to pay for them where it used to be free. So they he's cut down or he cut down a lot on like the actual user experience of Disney. The services like he cut down the extra magic hours, he cut down like the free fast pass service. He got rid of the meal plans um which are coming back. So he just sucks. Everyone hated him. That's why they Disney outed him too because he was losing the money cuz he kept doing these like expensive things that no one could afford. Um, And so Disney's official statement was Star Wars Galactic Cruiser is one of our most creative projects ever and has been praised by our guests and recognized for setting a new bar for innovation and immersive entertainment. This premium experience gave us the opportunity to try new things on a smaller scale of 100 rooms, and we will take what we've learned to create a future experience that can reach much more of our guests and fans. So that was just like a big fail. And it was surprising because I don't think it was originally supposed to be temporary. So it was kind of crazy when, like, literally a year later, they announced that they were shutting it down. Yeah, I was going to say, I just saw it literally only lasted, like, a year and a half. 
Yeah. And um, I believe that all of the people who worked on the Star Cruiser saw the announcement along with everybody else. Like, I don't think they were given any heads up that they were getting fired. And they have been slowly, like, I think, laying people off from the Star Cruiser, like, over time as attendance has gone down, which sucks because they're, like, actors who are part of this full-time immersive experience. So it's just kind of a big Disney fail. And if they made it cheaper and more accessible, like... Well, that's what a lot of people's criticism has been is why shut this whole thing down and not just lower the price point. Literally lower the price point and make it like a one night thing. So if somebody's going, say, for a trip, they don't have to like make it their whole time if they don't want. They could make it cheaper and do like a night or they could like make it just make it an experience. Yeah. And one thing that people have really criticized about it is that like if you look up the rooms there for how much money you're paying, like. You're basically in this little tiny cabin where, like, for a family of four, it's like you get one queen bed and, like, two bunk beds. And they look like like, part of the experience of being on a spaceship. Exactly. And it's just, like, these little tiny, like... Meanwhile, it's a way to just cheap out. Yeah. Yeah. With no windows or anything because you're meant to be in space. So it's, like, immersive. But it's, like, the rooms suck. (laughs) (gasps) Kind of a good segue into the topic for this week. Oh, true. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about spaceships. We love to do that. Yeah, we love to do that. All right. So, diving into my topic. <laughs> Why do you bring out of breath? I'm always, like, very dramatic at the beginning of mine, and so I'm just going to set the scene. <laughs> Compose yourself. <laughs> One night in September in 1961. She's starting off with a story. Our story begins. (laughs) On a night in September 1961, Betty and Barney Hill were driving through the White Mountains of New Hampshire. The two of them were returning home to Portsmouth, which is also New Hampshire, from a trip to- Hey, you've been there, right? Yeah, I I do go to Portsmouth kind of (laughs) often. And they were coming back from a trip from Montreal, Canada. (gasps) Hey, I've been there. Oh my gosh. Maybe we we could have been abducted by aliens. Who knows? Are we the aliens? Are we currently aliens? (laughs) We might be. Okay. When they were driving in the middle of the night, they hadn't... Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let me start my sentence over because you interrupted me like three times in this sentence. (laughs) Now it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Okay. The two were returning home to Portsmouth, New Hampshire from a trip to Montreal, Canada. When... As they were driving in the middle of the night, they hadn't seen another car for miles, and all of a sudden, lights approached from the sky and appeared to be following them. They returned home to Portsmouth, and both Betty and Barney had physical changes, including Betty's torn and stained dress, Barney's scraped up shoes, and a broken binocular strap. Barney's watch had also mysteriously stopped working, and neither of them have any memories of this happening. Two hours of their memory had completely disappeared. Whoa. So that's setting the scene. Setting the scene. (laughs) So loves to set the scene. Barney was a postal worker who worked grueling night shifts and Betty was a child welfare worker. In the little bit of free time that this interracial couple had together, they went to church and also participated in the civil rights movement. They were very active in the NAACP. 
In September of 1961, only 16 months into their marriage, they decided to take a much-needed vacation to Montreal to see Niagara Falls as of that a delayed honeymoon. You can see Niagara Falls in Montreal. I don't know. Maybe they went to both. Um, that doesn't really make sense in my head. Because isn't Niagara Falls closer to, like, Toronto? Yeah, it's in, like, Buffalo. It's, like, that, like right across from Buffalo. Mm. Okay, so I'm already finding inconsistencies in their story. <laughs> well, that's what they said that they were doing. Okay. So, on the last night of their trip, they stopped at a diner to get some coffee before embarking on a late-night drive. They left the diner around 10 p.m. and were anticipating to get to their house in Portsmouth by around 2 to 3 a.m. Their story is that what they saw at first they thought was a falling star, but the star kept falling and it looked like it was getting closer and brighter the further that they drove down the road. Barney was a World War II vet and an avid plane watcher, so he assured Betty that it was just a stray satellite and that she had nothing to worry about when she brought up her concerns about this falling star. Oh, classic gaslighting. <laughs> and as they drove, it seemed like Believe the light- in women. Believe women. Yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Believe them. So <laughs> as they drove down the road, it seemed like the light was moving alongside the car, darting back and forth and behind the moon and trees and then back into view. And they even thought that it seemed like it would move closer and then further away from them as they drove, kind of like it was playing a game of cat and mouse with them. Ew, creepy. Yeah, and they originally just wrote it off as some kind of optical illusion that, like, this falling star was playing. Mm -hmm. But eventually they couldn't ignore it anymore, and they pulled over and took out their binoculars to get a better look at what this puzzling light was. Through the binoculars, Betty saw that the white light was actually an object that was spinning in the air. She said, Barney, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you're being completely ridiculous. After that, Barney had started to get a little more nervous and was less certain in his idea that it was a satellite. So about 70 miles past the diner, the couple stopped their car. The object hovered approximately 100 feet above them, and Barney kept the engine running but grabbed his handgun that he had kept in the car, rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty alone in the car. He later recalled seeing that the aircraft was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. Behind a row of windows, he saw gray, uniformed beings that seemed to be looking right at him. He ran back to the car, got in, and started driving away as fast as he could. Betty tried to keep a lookout for the aircraft as they drove, craning her neck around to look behind them. And they both remembered starting to hear a loud, rhythmic beeping from their trunk, and then instantly feeling drowsy and losing consciousness. What? When they woke up again, two hours had passed and they were 35 miles down the road. And both of them were like disheveled, like I described in the beginning. They were probed. They got their buttholes probed. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So in the months that followed, they searched for answers. They checked books about UFOs from the library and they sought out a civilian UFO group called the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, otherwise called as... N-I-C-A-P. And Betty also reported their incident to the Air Force because she was worried that they had exposure to radiation. Whoa. Yeah. A year later, they sought out a psychiatrist and neurologist named Benjamin... Benjamin... (laughs) (laughs) Throw back to last week when I couldn't pronounce his name. Benjamin. I don't know. Okay. Named Benjamin... 
again. Okay. It's like it's the more you think about it, the more you say it weird. Because I was doing the same thing earlier. I was doing the exact same thing. It's hard once you get it in your head. Yeah. Okay. Named Benjamin Simon to perform hypnotism on them to find out what really happened to them during those two hours that they had lost. And this was what he was able to uncover. So after they had been put to sleep by the gray beings, the beings walked them up a ramp and into the aircraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls, a large light hanging from the ceiling, and each of them was asked to climb up on a metal table. The table was really short, though, and Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examinations, the beings removed Betty and Barney's clothing, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, scraped their skin, and each sample was placed on a clear material not unlike a glass slide. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted into Betty's belly button, and this pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, the beings rushed back into her room, excited. They had discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. And Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging that the beings struggled to understand. Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew very little about the universe. The being joked with her, saying, if you don't know where you are, then you wouldn't, then there wouldn't be any point to telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. Okay, side note from that. There was an article written by Carl Sagan where he analyzed this an incident yeah. and he ultimately like debunked it and said that he doesn't believe that they had an alien encounter. But he also analyzed the star map that she had drawn and it was a real map of stars. He was able to Whoa. locate it in the universe. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. So wait, okay. So there they were supposedly awake this whole time for all of the probing and all of this random shit. Mm-hmm. But they don't remember any of it un- mm-hmm. until they went under hypnosis, okay? Right. And I wasn't sure if they were just, like, knocked out. Well, there's another part to the story, but I can, I'll can i tell it when there's more context. Okay. In 1965, their story was picked up by a Boston newspaper, and they became famous as the first widely publicized alien abduction account. And the reports of alien encounters and abductions were not unheard of at this time, but what really set this case apart was until now, the reports were friendly interactions. Theirs was the first that really involved, like, probing and scientific aspect. And so after this story came out, alien abduction stories started to all share similar characteristics. They included missing time, medical examinations, and the greys, which are the kind of classic type of alien that you picture, where it's like a Martian kind of a little alien that has the large head the big eyes and they're all gray bodies Mm -hmm. and so these areas launched a new area of psychological study which I thought was really interesting so psychologists really started to wonder and look at what caused intelligent otherwise mentally stable people to come forward with these kind of encounters and Mm -hmm. experiences so Richard J. McNally a Harvard psychologist put it this way The alien abduction phenomenon, in my opinion, 
shows how sincere, non-psychotic individuals can develop beliefs about and false memories of incredible experiences that never happened. Hmm. So McNally actually performed a study on abductees. All right. Did you hear yourself? You said performed. No. (laughs) It's giving perpetrate. It is giving perpetrate. We also love Kitty in the background right now. She's being wackadoodle. We have to have at least one perpetrate per episode. I know, right? Okay. McNally actually performed a study on abductees in 2012 and came to some conclusions that they called. A recipe for space alien abduct. Hmm. Okay, so he basically determined that there was five factors that when a person had all of these factors, they were likely to experience, uh, or I, I think it's actually the opposite, where if there's a person who claims that they have been abducted by aliens, they likely have all five of these characteristics that mm-hmm. make them more likely to be a person who would claim to be abducted by aliens. But so he keeps saying claim because he like he he's doesn't not he believes that it's a psychological condition. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is that they have new age beliefs, which he tested by basically measuring if people believed in magical ideation. And endorse new age beliefs. And so the things that he asked them about were fortune telling and tarot cards, astrology, ghosts, bioenergetic healing therapies, and alternative herbal medicines. And what was interesting is that abductees, so here were their numbers on how much they believed in what, or like what percent of them believed in these things. So for Fortune telling, 70% of them believed in it. Astrology, 60%. Ghosts, 70%. Bioenergetic healing therapies, 70%. And alternative herbal medicines, 80%. Whoa. So by comparison, he had a group of people who were like non-abductees that were kind of like the base group. And so their level of believing in these things for tarot cards and fortune telling were only 8%. Astrology, 25%. Ghosts, 42% bioenergetic healing 17 percent and alternative remedies 58 percent so it was Hmm. much lower for the group that was like the baseline group but i feel like i would be very interested to see what all of the like metrics for this study was because there could be so many things that influence all of that like your geography and like i think geography would be huge like if you live Mm -hmm. in a big city you might be more inclined to like believe in some of that stuff versus somewhere else I don't know or like how you're raised like if you're religious if you're like I feel like there's so many different oops there's so many different factors that could go into it that I'm like Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem just cut and dry like oh it's a psychological thing well that was only one of the five Mm -hmm. categories that he tested for too Um, So the second is episodes of isolated sleep paralysis accompanied by hypnopompic hallucinations. Oh, yeah. Hypnopompic hallucinations. Hallucinations. Casual. I know exactly what that means. (laughs) So basically, he said, when I asked our participants how their encounters with aliens began, 
They described what appeared to have been episodes of isolated sleep paralysis accompanied by hypnopompic, which means upon awakening, hallucinations. Oh my god, hallucinations. (laughs) So basically every single alien abduction story begins with they were sleeping, they woke up, and started hallucinating after they like woke up. It never happened just in the middle of the day or like you know. for them it was always they would wake up and like he's saying they're hallucinations but that for them it's like the alien abduction. That's mm-hmm. what that was. And it was always that they were woken suddenly in like the middle of the night. So you know what? I've had I've told you about my hallucinations before, right? Yeah, you have. <laughs> so what if like that's what that could be because they feel very real i literally mm-hmm. <laughs> my hallucinations i say them so casually <laughs> well yours are not that you're getting abducted by aliens and probed it's yeah more mine like you mine see is spiders like, yeah i thought there was a spider on me like yeah and it's always right before i go to sleep mm-hmm. yep so that this is like another side note but that's basically like the leading theory is that people who have these alien abduction claims are people who have experienced sleep paralysis and hallucinations around sleep paralysis. But that's interesting because our peeps from earlier weren't asleep. They were driving. Right. So the like leading idea kind of behind it or the leading theory behind it is that maybe they fell asleep behind the wheel or mm. like pulled over and went to sleep because it was in the middle of the night. So yeah, it kind so of been tired. Yeah. falls along the lines of like could be sleep paralysis related. Interesting. I also didn't mention this earlier in regards to them, but a lot of people also theorized that because they claimed that it was alien abduction all the way up until until their deaths. Whoa. So they like, swore up and down that that was their story and that it was true no matter how many times people tried to debunk it and kind of the leading theory around it is basically that they both have extremely strenuous jobs and they were an interracial couple in the 60s and had a lot of strain and stress around that Mm -hmm. but the theory was basically that they reached like kind of a breaking point where they were like emotionally exhausted and were prone very prone to this like hallucinations even though they're both very intelligent people interesting i think it was one of barney's family members had said after his death that he was recorded to have a iq over 140 so like they were like basically yeah they're i don't know iqs (laughs) at all somebody could tell me i have an iq of 50 and i'd be like thank you you would say that (laughs) okay so an average IQ score is 100. Scores above 130 are labeled labeled as very superior. Ooh. Yeah. Scores under 70 are considered borderline impaired. Ooh. I feel like that wording is not great. I took a IQ test once. It was just like online. And I think I got like a 119 or something like that. Okay. So you're a little smart. So I'm a little smart, but you know what? Not too much for my own good. Oof, man, this is a real side tangent, but I got like an official IQ score done when I was like in third grade. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's how I got into like this special program. Oh yeah, Natalie was a nerd and she took, she went to this other little school every went afternoon. Went to like a little separate school. <laughs> <laughs> My special to, like, school. like experiments and stuff. 
No, we just got to take like advanced classes. <laughs> and I got like an official IQ test done <laughs> in order to do that. Look how much you've done with it now. Woo. <laughs> I'm talking about aliens. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Quit burping. I don't know what's going on with me right now. It's the alien. Okay. Whoa. Maybe we don't have a ghost on this podcast, but we have an alien. It's me. I'm the alien. It's me. All right. So. Anyway. I don't even so remember where we, minutes long. what we left off on. So the third item that this group had discovered was that all the abductees also had hypnotic memory recovery sessions. And so they all reported having a memory loss period, like a period of time with memory loss. And they recovered that memory through hypnosis. And so after experiencing these sleep paralysis episodes, 80% of the abductees underwent hypnotic memory recovery sessions where mental health professionals specializing in alien abductions would help them recall what occurred after they awoke in a paralyzed state, often using leading questions. Mm, I was just going to say that could seem like it would be very leading towards the answer they would want, especially Mm -hmm. being a hypnotic specialist. Specializing in alien abductions. Yeah. 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 So the fourth metric was- Leading the witness. (laughs) I don't know why that just made me think of- (laughs) Object leading the witness- uh i can't think of an objection right now but i don't know any other i don't know any other ones man another side note i was like really really into the johnny depp amber heard case and i literally watched every every minute of the live coverage and i got really into like lawyer talk during that time and i used to know like all of the yeah it'd be like objection hearsay 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 Objection, hairspray. <laughs> That's what it sounded like you said. I just can't talk. <laughs> Objection, hairspray. That's like that TikTok that we just saw that was like, um, hibbity doobity and in boobity bloobity and on Wednesday in Spoodsty. <laughs> you know, That's that literally us trying to talk on this podcast. Once we get to this like 50 minute mark, I feel like my level of ability to talk just because i get tired talking so mm-hmm. much is hard i it don't know is. how people do like three hour um newscasters things. who sound like professional the whole time couldn't be me same all right back to this <laughs> so we're still just trying to work through these five things that this guy said oh my goodness okay, I'm okay not let me let me pop these last two out okay so the fourth one is high scores on a measure of absorption So they said elevated scores on absorption, a trait related to fantasy proneness, vivid vivid imagery, and hypnotizability. (laughs) That sounds like a made-up word. Hypnotizability. (laughs) Are common among these abductees. So I think it basically just means that they have like a really vivid imagination. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the last thing that they found was that all of these people had a familiarity with the cultural narrative of alien abductions. So they went into their experience already kind of being obsessed with aliens and knowing a lot about aliens and alien abductions. So this is where like our original couple, Betty and Barney, were really interesting because they were the first ones to report that exact experience. 
And basically all of these people are copying them down the line. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like from their life, they don't fit a lot of these parameters that this Mm -hmm. guy is saying. Yeah. So what's really interesting about McNally's research is that they also looked into people who claim to have memories from past lives and found a lot of similarities between the two groups. Okay, so that makes sense again. That's like very much an overlapping thing with what you said for the first one that was like they believe in a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're, it seems like they're a lot more susceptible to having these kinds of thoughts. Mm-hmm. When you brought up before that you're interested in the demographics, so one thing that I read in this study was that the – sorry, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Very good. They looked specifically at people who had religious beliefs pertaining to reincarnation and people who had memories of past lives and the percentage of population of people who have memories of past lives and who, like, aren't part of those religions and then people who are were the same so like there was no influence on whether you claim to have memories from past lives on whether you were a person who had like a religious belief of reincarnation or not so they basically like ruled that out as a factor into whether you believe that you had memories of past lives okay interesting yeah i mean that is a very interesting metric to add that into the equation Mm mm-hmm Yeah, because a lot of people who believe in reincarnation believe that you do not have memories from your past lives. Mm -hmm. Like, that is a core part of the religious belief is that you don't have memories from your past life unless you have, like, reached the highest level of spirituality. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to do a really bad job of summarizing this part of the research. But basically, people who believe that they have memories from previous lives are very similar to abductees, except they're just way smarter. So... (laughs) Past lifers scored very high on divergent thinking. So they were given a simple item like a brick and were told to come up with as many ways as possible that this brick could be used. And they were able to come up with a higher number of ways to use common objects than those who were determined to have normal thinking. I'm trying to think of how many ways you can use a brick. Hit somebody. Doorstop. A stepping stool. Ooh, doorstop. Paperweight. Ooh, tortilla press. that's a good one what else oh you're normal (laughs) thinking we wouldn't do very well on this quiz (laughs) bookend oh good one sis the tire stop when you have a tractor trailer thing see i'm divergent thinking yeah you are wow i can't even come up with another one (laughs) but yeah that was just like an aside Because I just thought that was, like, super interesting that this kind of, they found, like, another subgroup of people who kind of fit into this same category of, like, people who have these experiences. And the full study that I actually did read. Whoa, she's a nerd. Oh, my God. I I literally was a nerd earlier. (laughs) This makes sense why you went to that school. Um, The full study is 45 pages, but it's actually super interesting. And I... If you, like, find this psychology side of things interesting, I highly suggest you read it because it's not in, like, for being a full 45-page study, it's not super, like, scientifically written that Mm -hmm. it's hard to understand. And it's just very interesting, all the things that they measured and things that they found. And I'm not going to speak for this researcher and his team specifically, but in what I found, a lot of these psychologists who kind of like debunk 
the alien abduction stories still believe that these people have experienced something traumatic. And there was actually a study done where they tested these people who have alien abduction stories against people who have PTSD from, uh, it was like war veterans, rape victims, and something else. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And basically their reaction to a researcher reading back their story to them was the same, if not more uh, like a visceral reaction than people who have other forms of PTSD. So wow. even if these people just experience like sleep paralysis, basically, their like PTSD so traumatic event. Is, still exists. Yeah. And so all of these researchers, even if they've debunked it, have acknowledged that this is a traumatic thing to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, sleep paralysis is sounds terrifying. I've never had it, but it sounds terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I like I that makes full sense to me that it could be sleep paralysis. Yeah. Um because I've never really thought about that, but that that sounds terrifying. And that's such an interesting part of the study. I really liked the part of the study that connected it back to past life people too because I think that was like super interesting. Mhm. Mm so I'm just going to end with this thought. Researcher Andrew Abeda, professor of psychology at Rutgers University, explains that the belief in aliens is akin to religiosity, an unfounded belief in unfalsified ideas, which requires a leap of faith. He said, people have a need to feel like their lives are meaningful, that these beliefs might suggest that there is something bigger out there. There's something more important going on. So let me propose to you listeners do you think aliens are real or just an explainable psychological phenomena? I believe that the truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. I know. For people who don't know, that's from, um, that's X-Files, right? Well, just the truth is out there. Yeah, that's what I was I, I wrote the, the question. Is, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that goes perfectly into my hot takes. I'll let you finish this, but that we're going to be talking about that. Well, I was just going to say that I personally... The jury's out for Betty and Barney. Like, wow. I personally, like, don't know how I feel about their story because I'm like, okay, I I think that, like, them having an actual alien encounter might be, like, a little far-fetched. But they also mm -hmm. were the first of that kind of alien encounter. Yeah. Which I think it's, like, one thing if you're... I kind of, like, believe them. Yeah, it's, like, I, I think it's one thing if you're, like, heavily inspired by like movies that you've seen and stuff but it's like for them to just like make this up out of their heads yeah that's like a lot and for them to both have the same story when they were under uh like hypnosis in two separate sessions and they both came out of it telling the same story yeah I, that's kind of like interesting to me but i know i think that's a lot to think about because i I feel it. Like, I mean, unless they came up with the same story themselves to talk about before. So the counter argument was basically that they didn't seek out hypnosis until over a year after the incident. So they probably talked about it a lot. Yeah. And I'm going to do another side note of this. One thing that was very interesting, too, was that like one psychologist brought up that the people's experiences and like their stories with alien abductions are very much reflective of their personal life because Barney was a veteran and he said that he saw the leader, the alien leader as a Hitler like figure and found him intimidating and scary mm -hmm. where 
Betty saw the alien leader as like almost a friend. And she even recalled during her hypnosis session. That, I mean, she kind of made like a joke. Yeah, she like made jokes with the like leader. And she even made friends with one of the scientist aliens. And that alien offered to give her a book to bring back with her to like share her experience. And then that the leader told that alien that he wasn't allowed to do it or wasn't allowed to do that. And so she had to give the book back. But like the psychologist was kind of talking about how their different experiences could also be analyzed into like the truth of their stories and how like your own experiences in the world could influence how you interpret these events. That's so interesting. Yeah, it was super interesting. I If you found this interesting, you should read up on their story and definitely let us know what you think. If you think that yeah. they actually experienced extraterrestrial communication or if they just had a psychological event. Yeah, who knows? So that's my topic. That's a good little move into our hot takes this week, though, because, of course, talking about aliens, we got to talk about all of these what would you call these things like uh cryptids cryptids is that what it is all this kind of like supernatural stuff i guess yeah. supernatural is a good word for it so we're gonna ask what we think about them so apparently 65 okay. percent of americans say that intelligent life exists on other planets so that's actually a higher number than I thought it would be. That's I higher than be, I was expecting, yeah, too. I, and that, that's from a Pew Research Center survey. That's so legit. That's legit. But so what do you what do you think? Do you think aliens exist, intelligent life? Because I think those are a couple different things that we could talk about. Hmm. So for me, I'll start off. Yeah, I, I you start. I don't necessarily know if – like I for sure believe – that there is life outside of Earth. I for like 100% I believe that there's life outside of Earth. Whether that be a little amoeba that's found in mm-hmm. the crevice of Mars or whether it's like plants growing somewhere that we haven't been able to reach yet. I think there's life, intelligent life. I don't know. Because there's so many different thought processes of it. Like, you know how there's one that it's like, if like, why haven't we heard from anybody mm-hmm. yet though? Like, what are the odds that we haven't heard from any anybody? Like, why? Yeah. How? How? You know? Which I think is a thing. Which I think is, like, valid. That it's like, And, how, like, why haven't point? we found the evidence yet if there, it is out there? Yeah. I know that's what that's where I'm kind of on the same page because I'm like, it, statistically, it feels impossible that there mm-hmm. isn't something else out there. And my little dweeb side of me, like, I want there to be aliens. And yeah. I want them to be cool. But it's also kind of freaky to think about. I know. But my little horror-loving part of me is like, oh, man. If I'm going to yeah. go out, I might as well go out in an alien invasion. I don't know if I would necessarily want that. I know. I probably. Don't I think if I'm going to go out, I probably want something pretty simple and easy and not yeah, painful. Like, live to be 99 and just quietly in my sleep. But Yep. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am on the same page where I'm like, I feel like, statistically speaking, there's got to be life out there. There's got to be. Intelligent life? I don't know. And it's like, how do you measure that? Yeah. How, like, that's also, I think that 
is a question on earth too. How do you Mm -hmm. measure intelligence? Because it can be so different for so many different species. Like they measure intelligence just by ability to communicate, but also there's different intelligence and like Mm -hmm. how birds always remember where to come back to for their nests, you know, like just shit like that, that you don't really think of and you don't have a direct comparison. Like I forget where my parking spot is when I park at the mall. Mm -hmm. Like, is that mean I'm not intelligent? Like, you know, it's just like very, it's, it's hard to determine what that is. Well, like aren't pigs like almost as emotionally capable as humans? I don't know if it's about as humans. I know. Yeah. Pigs I think are it's very like smart. pigs have a very high level of intelligence and emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. So it's like if we came across an alien that was basically like the same level as evolved as a pig, it's like, will we count that? I don't know. Exactly. That would be pretty extraordinary. So I don't know. Also, this, if you want to fall down a, uh, a rabbit hole, look up the great filter because I've gotten a lot of weird TikToks about the great filter and that really freaks me out. I don't know what that is, and I don't know if I want to know. Yeah. Uh, also, it always wears me out when I like watching Star Wars. Man, this episode's really like outing me as a dweeb, but how it starts out with like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I always like think of it in that context, and I'm like, wow, can you imagine if like Star Wars is supposed to take place like a hundred million years ago and galaxies and galaxies away? And it's like to think about that, like. Who knows? Maybe a whole story like that is going down in a way off in the middle of nowhere. We don't know. Yeah. Or how there's the thought that like maybe there was intelligent life that visited us years and years and years ago, like ancient aliens. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to say we are not a conspiracy theory podcast. No. (laughs) We are not conspiracy theorists. I... We are, like, very solidly, like, science-based thinkers. Yes. We are very (laughs) science-based people. I think we like to explore as a fun, like, "Mm, what if (laughs) kind of topic. Exactly. Um, Okay. So another thing, do you believe in ghosts? Because two in five Americans believe in ghosts. That's, see, that's smaller than I expected. Oh, see, that's more than I was expecting, too. I thought that would be more like three and five, and I thought that intelligent life would be less. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, I'm torn on that one, too. Me, too, dude. And it it's freaks like... me out to talk about. I was scared of even putting <laughs> this because then it freaks me out. And I'm, I, I also have this thing that I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And have yes, because like, I don't want them to hear. And they would be like, oh, you don't believe in me, bitch? Look, find Let out. Let me show you rattling your cabinets in the middle of the night. Ew, stop, stop. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just going to say uh, no, but I feel like I've heard some like paranormal stories that, where mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I kind of. I think I in general, like- I'm a no. I think I'm a mostly no, mm-hmm. but also sometimes yes. Yeah. And sometimes maybe. But mostly yeah. no. I think <laughs> most of the time I'm a maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm like, I don't want to outright say no. Yeah. But. I th- I believe in like, like people's like energies and stuff. Like I think that's fully a thing. Maybe. Maybe like. I don't know. A lot of things I feel, this is like, 
I don't know. Maybe this is because we're like recording late at night, and so I'm like, okay, don't say in my thoughts. No, don't I'm just saying like, it's gonna freak me out. No, no, no. I'm just thinking like, I feel like a lot of stuff is like kind of beyond human comprehension, or like oh, beyond yeah. things that we can like measure with mm-hmm. our technology and stuff. Like, I, this is just like I feel like I'm like I don't know. I I think a lot about the fourth dimension. <laughs> yes, this makes me think of something. How yeah. there's um, what is it called? Black matter or like what is dark matter? Dark matter. Mm-hmm. How there is there? Th- we know there's dark matter, but yeah. we physically cannot see it, cannot sense it, cannot feel, mm-hmm. smell, taste, whatever. But we know it's there, right. and it's just around us, and we have no. So it's idea. like, what is it? Yeah, it's like exactly. And because I was gonna mm-hmm. say too, like there's like you know the scale, the um like radio waves and like. Yeah. Um, all of those different waves and stuff. There are things that we can't see. Like there's mm-hmm. colors we can't see because we are like not able, like our brains physically cannot do that. So who's to say there's not stuff like that beyond just like colors and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I definitely am a big believer that like there's stuff out there that we can't we just comprehend. Can't yeah. And I I don't know if you, like, are on the side of TikTok where there's that girl who talks about the fourth dimension a lot. I don't think so. Oh, man. I gotta send you some of her videos because it, like, it makes me think a lot. Yeah, send me down the rabbit hole for that. Yeah. Fourth dimension. I think about the fourth dimension a lot. Spooky. Okay. Yeah. So, last one. This is kind of a silly, goofy, funny mood one, but apparently (laughs) 11% of people believe in Bigfoot. Interesting. (laughs) I think I can confidently say no. I don't believe in Bigfoot. Or like the Loch Ness Monster or like, you know, like that kind of shit. The part of my brain that is based in reality says no. But the part of my brain that likes fun fantasy things says, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, Bigfoot exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I don't think. I don't think I believe in that. Uh, let me look up another little statistic for you that I found out. Hold on. Okay. So I found this out when Connor was going on his Iceland trip. 50% more than 50% of Icelanders believe in elves and fairies. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because like do they have some kind of lore and like folklore that we don't know mm-hmm. about and that they experience because it's I don't know, it's Iceland. I don't know if I believe in elves and fairies, but that's kind of cool. Cool for know, them. Yeah. That's cool for them. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> in America, all we have is like people in Appalachia who believe in uh, skinwalkers, and that's really fucking creepy. So I yeah. would much rather believe in fairies. Can you stop spooking me out? I know. <laughs> Quit saying creepy things to me because you know I get scared. And then you well, have I'm mom. I'm lucky because I have mom. Yeah, you have mom there, and I have nobody <laughs> except for Finn to freak me out when he's looking at the corner. Oh, dude. I Okay, I feel like if you don't believe in ghosts, all you need to do is own a cat because <laughs> that'll, that'll make you believe a little bit. Yeah, because they love to be staring into nowhere and get freaked out and puffed up about stuff. Oof. I'm going to tell one more story and then we're going to have to end this before we both freak ourselves out because it's late Wait, at can night. Can you not if it's going to be scary? It was just there was one time when Kitty was laying on my lap. I think I told you this recently. Oh, you told me this yesterday. And she legit was just like staring maybe like three or four feet above my head. So it was like whatever was behind me was tall. <laughs> and she was just staring. 
looking at it and then all of a sudden her eyes got wide and she poofed up and i was like do not do that to me do not do that to me it's always it's always when i'm home alone every single time and she then all of a sudden her eyes darted straight at me and i was like did it just go inside me and then she like puffed up and ran away from me and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's fucking freaky oh I, now i'm not i hate sleep cats tonight. just for that i know yeah. I'm, I'm i hope everybody listens to this in the morning and yeah i'm not going to sleep tonight <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless we're, not... just, we're babies <laughs> i'm going to like watch bluey <laughs> for a long time <laughs> after this honestly same oh my god Okay, well, our our episode title is gonna have to be like, "Beware, this is spooky." <laughs> this is a spooky episode, <laughs> even though it's really we're just we're I think we're, we're just freaking each other out, and it's like late yeah. at night. It is, yeah, it's ten thirty right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we're not gonna have an episode next week, so soak this one up. I think it's a, gonna be a longer one. Yep, and I'll be gone by the time you guys are all listening to this. I'll be on the beach, baby jealous <laughs> yeah so i think that's enough distractions for this week hopefully we freaked you out <laughs> make sure to follow us on instagram at the easily distracted pod for more content picks and updates if you've been distracted by anything lately and you want us to do a deep dive on it let us know on instagram new episodes are posted every wednesday and until then stay distracted